Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com. Look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. It's that time of year again. The nights are getting cooler and fall is here. Cool weather means posting up in your favorite cozy spot with a cup of your favorite coffee, tea, or whiskey. Cool weather also means bonfires, hoodies, and putting your favorite beer or soda in a koozie. Well, we have you covered in all of those areas. Head over to buyjack.com CEP and get a hold of a mug, koozie, or hoodie and support Raised on the Radio and look great doing it. In this episode, we talk about our Super Bowl predictions, fighters and pay with UFC versus Bellator, the demands being placed on Netflix, and much, much more. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Raised on the Radios, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. And as always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. How are you this morning, sir? I'm feeling great. Feeling? Good weekend. Feeling Browns great. Browns won. The Buckeyes won yesterday. We've got to talk about the Browns winning, don't I'm we? feeling good. No. No. Oh, they beat the Broncos. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I totally forgot that they beat your team. Uh-huh. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Did you even watch it? Uh, I watched the first quarter. The fir- what? What did you do after that? Uh, went to bed. Uh, you know that whole uh, five a.m. work start thing. Five a.m. work start thing. Thirty minute lunch breaks, which are timed. Uh huh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. What kind of life you live in, bro. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to relive the Browns game. I'm just happy they won. I still think they're in deep shit regardless of that how how but, long are we looking at uh baker mayfield being out do we know or is it just that one game to play he wants to play on sunday not a week from today he wants to play he has a torn labrum and a broken bone in his non-throwing arm oh, so it, torn it's, labrum it's in not, his non-throwing shoulder and a broken bone it's non-throwing we don't it's not that big of a deal right so what <laughs> so what how long are you gonna let him get pummeled Right. Before he just has to get that arm cut off. Right. I keep saying he's going to die on the football field. Like, it's just going to want to, because he wants to play, dude. Yeah. He wants to prove everyone wrong, you know, and that's what I like about him is his, you know, competitive spirit and his, his desire to want, 
his desire to be in the game, but not only be in the game, but to try and make plays. And if he fucks up, I mean, you know how he hurt that shoulder, right? Uh-uh. He threw an interception in week two, and he hurt it trying to make a fucking tackle on the guy that intercepted the ball. Uh, I see. And he came right back in the game. You know, right. I was driving to Wisconsin when that happened, and I was listening to it on the radio. And the Browns announcers made it seem like Baker Mayfield's head got cut off. That's how hurt he was. <laughs> you know, I'm not seeing it happen. I'm just hearing them describe it. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, here goes the season. And uh, they're like, oh, no, he's out of the tent. He's running back onto the field. And I'm like, this dude's going to die on the field one day. <laughs> well, speaking of that, did you see, was it two weeks ago, the hit that Joe Burrow took? Because, yeah. that, dude, that was the stupidest move. That Sl- offensive line's going to get him killed. Slot, uh, it doesn't matter. Just him, the, him running and sliding would have changed nothing in that whole scenario except for the fact that he wouldn't have got hit by three different guys at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know why he was scrambling is because his offense well, okay, had okay. another breakdown. Yeah, I, I, I give you that. But He can't stand in the pocket and get destroyed. Right. But Baker Mayfield is in an interesting position right now, too, though, because you know he's been in the hot seat for the last year or two. I'm sure there's been some, like, shit or get off the pot conversations that have happened and he's he's I think he's he's really stepped his game up over the past year or so. However, Case Keenum is one of those guys that can fill a spot anywhere. And that's his backup and Case Case looked good the other night too. He looked okay. He didn't look great. He looked you don't okay. think so? He looked good. Yeah, it's fine. And also Baker Mayfield should not be on the hot seat. He's on the he's on the hot seat because of these hot take morons on shows like First Take and people like Colin Coward. He's in the hot seat with those people. Anyone else who pays attention to his numbers, he shouldn't be on the hot seat. He's playing just fine. He's protecting the ball. He's not turning the ball over. Yes, his last game against Arizona was terrible. He had two fumbles. He threw an interception. It was a bad game. We all have those. They should be 6-1. and one. Their real legitimate loss was to Arizona. Can you give me... They should have beat Kansas City. They should have beat uh, the Chargers. Based off so, of based off of right now, can you give me comfortably a prediction on Super Bowl right now? What teams do you think are going to be in the Super Bowl? Or at least give me like your top four, which even top four is hard for me right now. Top four in each conference? No, top four as oh, in like brutal. who could potentially be in the Super Bowl this year? Give me the four teams. Uh, okay, uh, NFC. Tampa Bay and Dallas AFC would be the Browns and uh, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say still fuck that's tough it's tough um Man, about the bills, throw bills in anywhere. I know they're like the sexy pick for everyone. I don't know. That game last week was problematic. That, yeah, it was. I'll give you that. Leading up to here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Here's the thing that pisses me off, right? Mm -hmm. Josh Allen came into the league as an NFL quarterback, 
meaning everyone predicted that he would be an elite NFL quarterback. Everyone saw the intangibles of him playing in college. Everyone looked at him and said, that's what an NFL quarterback looks like, Mm -hmm. right? When he fumbles the ball in the end zone, when when his team has a chance to win, nobody says a goddamn thing. But when Baker Mayfield fumbles the ball, his job's on the line. It's because he didn't enter the league being known as your prototypical NFL quarterback. People think he's a little bit too small. People think he's, uh, you know, I've heard Colin Coward especially say this about him. Uh, He thinks he's a better athlete than he really is because he tries to run the ball from time to time. Um, So he, he is under the microscope with every single play. Whereas a guy like Josh Allen gets a free pass to, I don't know, literally fumble the game away. It's one of those things about the NFL that's never going to change. And when you're a guy like Baker Mayfield, you have an uphill battle, especially when you play for, well, you know what, to be honest with you, if he was on any other team, he would have already lost his starting job. He would, there already would have been the, the, the immediate pressure from the media and from the fans and blah, 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 to lose his job because he's in Cleveland. The leash is a little bit longer because they've been so bad for so long and they've been waiting for their, their quarterback. I like, I like him. I like him in the offense they have. Stefanski knows what he's doing. Out of the bootleg, Baker Mayfield is a top five quarterback. He just has to figure the rest out. When he doesn't hold on to the ball too long, when he makes the right reads, he's good. And his numbers prove that. So, I don't know. But you're right. You're probably right. He's probably on the hot seat. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want him to be. I don't want Case Keenum to be my starter. No yeah. disrespect to Case Keenum, but uh, I don't. I don't want him to be the starter because the guy that took the Vikings to the NFC Championship is long gone. That guy doesn't. I know, and it, I just I have a a place in my heart, and I don't really know why, but I have a place in my heart for these guys like Case Keenum, who you know get work their way up to a starting position in eighty four teams in the league. You know what I mean? Like, so are you a big Kirk Cousins guy? Eh, I mean, I I like him. I'm not like a, a bandwagoner fan, but I I mean, he's. So who's another guy like Case Keenum that you like? So give me another. Example. I mean, like Teddy Bridgewater, who is my quarterback I, right now. I like him, but I think it's more because I I am so compassionate as a human being. I just feel so bad for him. I feel like he's got the shittiest luck. Yeah of most NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. You know who else I feel bad for? And he just, you could tell he has the blankest, deepest ghost stare on his face every game is Jared Goff. Man. He went to the black hole for NFL quarterbacks. And I know people say it's the Browns. Fuck that. I would much rather play for the Browns if I'm a quarterback than the fucking Lions. Yeah. That place just, it just like it just sucks the life out of you, dude. But I wonder. Like, I want. What do, what do you think happens to golf though? I want. Like, do you think he just runs his career into the ground in Detroit, or do you think he? Him, or, or do you I'm think he's smart to enough to say after this year, dude, get me out of here? If I'm him, I'm saying get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He 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 was a he was a system quarterback that did well in a system, you know, and a lot of guys are. Uh. So yeah, he needs to go somewhere else. Dude. I mean, I don't really care. I'm not a you know a Lions fan, and I, I mean I, I feel bad for that guy. But yeah, back to Bridgewater. I just you know I feel I just feel for him. You know I want him to succeed in some way. Uh, 
who's the other guy we were talking about that has the shittiest luck? Um, Tyrod Taylor. Oh yeah, man. He, he got hurt. He got hurt in week two against the Browns. Uh-huh. And then I just started thinking about all the fucking shitty luck that he's had. Dude, he got his lung punctured when he was getting treated by medical staff. I know. <laughs> what the fuck? That's crazy. Uh, but Baker, Baker took his job, man. And, and it was really because, and Tyrod Taylor was not playing poorly. He was playing well up to that point. It was just because the fans demanded it mm-hmm. and the coaching staff felt compelled and pressured into doing it. I don't know if this coaching staff's going to be like that though with Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think so. But again, he can't play. He can't keep playing hurt. You're just going to further injure him and you're just digging yourself a bigger hole. They're four and three. They legitimately now looking at the rest of their schedule have they control their own destiny. They have to beat the teams within their division. And then, you know, you still have to play Pittsburgh twice. You still have to play Cincinnati twice. You still have to play Baltimore twice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's six wins that you know you need because they're divisional foes, right? right? You win those six games, right? You're 10 and three. You're sniffing the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So... They'll be, I, I, I want them to be okay. They need so Kareem Hunt's going to be out for another two weeks, I believe. I think Nick Chubb will be coming back. I mean, up to that point, it's like you know. But and then again, you have guys stepping in in their absence that look good. I don't know how. Sorry to say this, I don't know how impressed I am with a seventeen to fourteen victory over the Broncos. I feel like that's a team they should have slaughtered. Uh, in, in, in all, in all, hunts in the game and Chubbs in the game, I feel like they run away with the game. In all but, honesty, but you've also got two teams who are injury ridden right now. <clears throat> Denver's got a crap load of guys out, and so does uh, Cleveland. Didn't yeah. Cle- didn't Cleveland have like twelve guys out or something like that? <clears throat> yeah, but it was more importantly. I mean, obviously, you don't have Hunt, you don't have Chubb, you don't have Mayfield, but then. They did get Jedrick Wills back on the offensive line, but Conklin was out, which is like he consumes like eight feet of space on the offensive line. He's just a monster of a human being. Yeah. So he was out. Uh, they had a couple guys on defense out. Yeah, I mean, so if they get back to being healthy, we'll see. Um, so what's your what's your thought on uh, Matt Stafford with the Rams right now? <clears throat> you think? Don't believe in him. Still don't believe in him. Nah. What if it was? Yeah. What What if it was? Five years ago, Matt Stafford playing for this Rams team now. Maybe, maybe. Let me give you my Super Bowl prediction. Fuck that. Or let me give you my four, okay? Because I want to take something back. My my two, here's my two in the NFC. Dallas and Arizona. Fuck Tampa Bay. I can't believe I even just wished Tom Brady into another situation where he could win a Super Bowl. But do you really, I cannot wait. At this point, we really don't have a I choice, right? for a Tom Brady-free NFL. I cannot wait. Three guys. I can't wait till they're gone. And we never have to hear about them again. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Aaron Rodgers. Leave. Get out. Beat it. I'm done with you. I'm done. So I'm going to go Arizona. The, the bad now. thing is, okay, but Belichick aside, the bad thing is, is you just named two quarterbacks who have only lost one game this year so far. Fuck them. So what? Just saying. So but what? you did mention Arizona. Dude, Arizona. The only team left that's undefeated this year. They look phenomenal. And I, this may just be me. I don't know. Cause I do have, there, there's a lot of players in, in the game that I respect 
um, based off of them being veterans and how they've carried themselves up until this point. And JJ Watt is one of those guys. And I knew that he wasn't making a stupid decision. He, like he, like if he was leaving the Texans, I know it was a shitty organization and I know he had good reason to leave, but he wasn't going to pick an organization that he didn't think could be successful. And I think yeah. he, yeah. It, it's interesting that it's Arizona that is that team right now, but they're, they look great. They look good. Like I said, that's really of the Browns three losses. They, they got outplayed Arizona just flat out beat them. I mean, it was, they were the better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go them in Dallas. And again, Dallas, I like them. And again, I think it's because I like Dak a lot. And I have that sort of like compassionate side of me that really is pulling for him. I don't know why, because I don't like the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just him. I feel like he's got bad luck. That injury last year was god awful. But do you know, do you, do you, I don't know if you remember this. No, no one ever talks about this, but like he got jumped on spring break his senior year or his last year of college before he got drafted. Mm-mm. Yeah. No one talks about that. And I remember seeing people posting it on Twitter with like memes, like, Oh, you got fucked up. And I was like, you people are fucking gross. Like leave that dude alone. Like that dude. So I don't know. I just have like a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for him as well. So I'm, so those are my two AFC. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going Browns. <laughs> you know, I, I swear to God, I'm going Browns. And I'm going Chiefs. I still believe in the Chiefs. You know, I I do. Don't get me wrong, but I'm trying to figure out what this what's going on right now. Like I'm hoping this isn't one of those where where defenses are figuring out Mahomes and they're figuring out. They are. You know, but that that's what sucks. Is like look at the con the contract that I just don't I don't want there to be a possibility that we see Mahomes in a position like a, you know, one of these quarterbacks that do so freaking well their first couple of years. And then all of a sudden they're figured out by defenses. And now, you know, now we're back to a mediocre team. Well, what do you mean figured out? I don't think it's Mahomes necessarily. So I, I watched a guy break this down on uh, pregame for the Thursday night game that just happened. And I can't remember who it was, but he played defense and he, he kind of broke it down to, they're not necessarily figuring out Mahomes. They're figuring out the Chiefs. Well, yeah. What the Chiefs are I mean, trying to do on offense. Yeah. But they're, what they're saying is, is that safeties are starting to understand that with Mahomes and with the way that that defense works, they actually need to – they're not playing a cover defense necessarily. They're playing back and they're waiting. They're sitting back and they're waiting, and they're waiting for Mahomes to be forced – to throw the ball into their zone or whatever, however this dude described it. And I go, yeah, that seems great on the surface, but like a safety's job is to protect his defensive backs. So like if these defensive backs are getting burned, a safety has to eventually get pulled into whatever zone this is. Right. Yeah. And, but he showed tape, he showed uh, the game against the chargers and he showed the guys doing it and it looked Again, this could all just be like voodoo. Like this could all just be this was total coincidence. Right. It was one game it happened. But I mean, you know, but I'm gonna trust that guy over my own fucking judgment. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so like, I don't listen to him. Um God, I wish I could remember who that was too. But yeah, I think it's just they figured out the Chiefs a little bit, but I I, I think the Chiefs will still turn it around. The Chargers are intriguing. Uh well, look, there's still the Ravens. I mean, until the Browns beat them, I still think they're the team to beat in the Browns division. 
but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I uh, what was I just gonna say? Oh, it, it, I was talking about Dak getting jumped, and it made me think about something else. Did you see the NBA's? Because you're a big baller, apparently. Did you see the NBA's uh, 75 list? No, I heard that they were going to be putting it out. Did they put all 75 out yet? Because weren't they only going to put like 25 out at a time? The, no, they put the full list out. Yeah. They did. The okay. Full out. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, people are. People are talking about some of the guys that got left off, like T- 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 McGrady, Vince Carter. Oh, really? And then, like, yeah, uh, McGrady, Vince Carter, Clay Thompson's not on it, which I'm okay with that. Um, was your boy Clyde Drexler on there? Clyde was on the 50, bro. How dare you? <laughs> Don't even. He was on the original list. Don't even come at me like that, dude. Um, Iverson got put on it, which was great. Dominique Wilkins got put on it when he got, he got left off the 50 and he was like the one guy that was like, people were like, yeah, Dominique Wilkins on the top 50 players of all time. Um, and then like, so T-Mac, Vince Carter, Clay Thompson got left off. Uh, Manu Ginobili got left off. There's another guy, but the one that I thought of that I was like, oh yeah, I would have put that guy on just because, and again, it's just this thing in my, my compassionate soul but Paul Pierce got left off. Really? I think Paul Pierce. I dude, no one ever ever brings this up. But I think when I had with my buddy, my boy Will on the show when you were out, mm-hmm. maybe we talked about it. But I don't even know if we did because we we go back and forth on NBA. You know, he's, you know, we we go back way back. So, but I don't think even think we talked about it. Do you remember when Paul Pierce got stabbed like six times in the street? That sounds oddly familiar. He got stabbed, almost killed, and he played like nine days later. <laughs> the dude's a G. Like, come on. And when it, when it came to like winning games and like, just give me the ball, is there any, I mean, that's Paul Pierce. Right. He just had like a killer instinct that like a lot of people, when the Celtics were beating the Cavs, right? When they were beating the Cavs in the playoffs, People looked at Paul Pierce and people looked at LeBron and they go, if LeBron had Paul Pierce's killer instinct, he would be unstoppable. He's already unstoppable, but he would be winning titles. They left him off, which I thought was kind of crazy. Kyrie got left off, which I'm totally okay with. Totally okay with. Dude's the cuckoo bird. Do you think um, if they would have, I haven't seen the list, but do you think like if they would have put, um, this list out in 10 years that a lot of the guys that are playing now would have made it that haven't made it. Now that's, that's I mean, also me saying that NBA's, that's also me yeah. saying that without actually seeing the list, but like a, a lot no. of your current guys on there is like Steph Curry on there and Steph's on there. Steph Durant's is on there. Okay. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, fucking Harden. Yeah. Yeah. They're all on it. So like the NBA's 100 list, you'll see guys like Luka Doncic, uh, the Joker from Denver. You'll see. You'll see Kyrie, uh, maybe Clay Thompson. Um, people were upset that Dwight Howard didn't get picked, and I guess like if you look at the player he is now, being the role player, you're like, well, that doesn't even make sense. But dude, his first ten years in the league, nobody like that, dude. Right. Like offensive, like offensive, both sides of the ball, defense and offense. Like he was like, again, like people kind of compared it to like 
maybe not Shaq. Well, I guess it was Shaq. But, yeah, I mean, if you think about his first 10 years, you're like, well, I could see that maybe. But he got left off. But, yeah, the 100 list will have those guys like Donkic, uh, Jokic, um, thinking like probably like guys like John Morant. Um, man, that guy's a fucking – did you see his highlights from last night? Uh-uh. Dude, that guy's unreal. Um, probably like – just based on the way he plays and how much he scores, like guys like Trey Young, Jason Tatum, you'll probably see all those guys in there. Yeah. It's just too early. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't. I mean, I guess you put Harden on it, but where's that? Where's that title, bro? Right. Well, while um, Giannis got put on it. Yeah. Giannis what about Vlade Divac? I know, sir. No. Oh man, come on. No, sir. He's not considered a. Top seventy-five player in NBA history. <laughs> Why not? I love Vlade. He should be. I love Vlade. <laughs> Vlade always had that little bit of spittle right there in the corner of his mouth. I was just like, "Can we get a towel boy to wipe his face, please?" He's always anyway. And he was always fifty-five years old too. That's pretty crazy too. He always looked seventy. <laughs> yeah. Who was the other guy that always looked old? Um, white guy. Oh, I, can't, I can't remember. Damn it. Um. Yeah. So. But then it got people talking about like, what's your all-time starting five? Of course, those those arguments had to start. Um, and well, I think, for the most part, most people who were speaking to that were pretty consistent with who they had. A few people kind of changed up a few of the positions, but I mean, it was it's Jordan, LeBron, Magic Johnson, Kareem, and then pick your pick your power forward. So like a lot of people said Tim Duncan. But then Tim Duncan was left off because you had to have Kobe. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think that was for the most part. And then so I saw some people like instead of Kareem put Hakeem Olajuwon, which, okay. I mean, oh, Dirk was put on the 75. Has okay. to be, of course. Yeah. Anyway. Gotcha. Well, while we're on the topic of basketball, I think I messaged you the other day and asked you if you'd seen Bad Sport yet on Netflix. No. Not yet. You still haven't? Do you know the story of that? I haven't watched it yet. Do you know the story of that headache guy? No, I can't think of what his name was. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's about. Um, well, it's about. Are you are you googling it right now? Yeah, but tell me. So it's basically a, a gambling scandal and shaving points. Okay. Um, his nickname was Headache, but he he played for is it Arizona ASU, I think, and then got into gambling. And got into shaving points and stuff like that. And then it goes into where uh, he actually gets caught, like the uh, the FBI gets involved and stuff leading up to him getting drafted. And he thinks he's going to go like in the top, you know, guys getting drafted. And all of a sudden he just doesn't get drafted at all. And he doesn't real he doesn't know at the time that they know what's going on. And it's really, it's kind of heartbreaking because this guy would have been like number one in the draft. Easily, he w- he was Hold that on, good. A uh, story of nineteen ninety four Arizona State basketball point shaving scandal. Who? But who's the dude? I can't think of what his name is off the top of my head. It's headache, is what his nickname is. That's yeah. I don't remember anyone named Headache. Nineteen ninety four Arizona State. Wow. But anyways, it's interesting. Find- it's interesting because, and I'm giving it away. So spoiler alert here. But there's. Um, sometimes where he's, 
some games where it's him and one other guy who agree to do this. They they do their thing, they get they get their money and they walk away. Well then this guy gets so wrapped up in the gambling aspect that he decides he wants to bet on himself. So he calls the bookie up again and he says, Hey, I want to bet on myself tonight. And he said, All right, well, the line is six points. You can't uh if you win, you can't is it win or lose? If you lose, you can't lose by more than six points, I think is how it worked. Anyways, the game meant nothing for them. They were lo- they were losing the game no matter what, but he was the only one on the floor like busting his ass trying to make that six-point line. And everybody's wondering what the hell is going on. Why is he so invested in this? We've already lost kind of thing. And it's, it's, interesting, to, it's interesting to see it. Stephen Headache Smith. Yes, that's it. He is 50 years old now. I don't necessarily remember this guy, do I? Anyway, all right, I'll have to check it out. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued for sure. I like shit like that. Yeah, I just haven't watched it yet. We started watching Dope Sick. Um, it, that looks really good, but I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good if you want to be bummed out, but yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll check that out. Does um, with dope sick? Does it seem like they're portraying it well? Like this is like it's in movie form, but it's like a is it? Does it feel real? Like everything that's actually happening is actual events that happened, or can you tell there's a lot of movie aspects added to it? I mean, it's a season show, right? Or is it a movie? It's a series. Series. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, I don't know. It feels pretty. I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not submerged in the opioid epidemic, so. Right. You know what I mean? I But seems like my my nurse wife seems to think that everything looks legit. Yeah. So, I don't know. So what um, about uh, the American underdog story? that you, you just sent me the trailer of this this morning. Oh, the Kurt Warner story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I figured... Uh, as soon as you sent this to me, I was thinking this could go one of two ways, but more than likely, this is going to go the way of Patrick dogging this. It's a big wet fart for me. It looks so dumb. Looks I so don't uh, listen. I'll I'll watch it because I another I do have a place in my heart for Kurt Warner and the Rams around that time. Who however, doesn't? however, it's the inspirational story. Versus like a documentary. I would rather see it in a documentary style than to see like the inspirational story with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> you mean you don't want to see Dennis Quaid ruin another movie? You don't want to see that? Are you sure? I, I, here's the thing. Uh, could we have found an actor that looks a little bit more like Kurt Warner? That's what I was thinking the whole time. You got Shazam to play Kurt Warner? Really? Yeah, I was, I was saying that the whole time. And also, Dennis Quaid doesn't look like Dick Vermeil. No, and Anna Paquin does not look like Kurt's fucking... Wife. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. don't let me say whatever Whatever I was going to say. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Academy Award nominee Anna Paquin as Brenda Warner. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's just... Eh. what? So what is the fake... So like, here's why... Okay, here's why... Here's what really bothered me. I was like, one... Zach Levi, that's the guy's name. He looks nothing like Kurt Warner. 
Right. But then also, what is the face he's making throughout that entire trailer? The serious sort of like teary-eyed, I'm determined face. Kurt Warner never did that. Yeah. He always smiled and praised Jesus. What are we doing? Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. We remember Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was not that guy. It wasn't this like scowling sort of like, oh, I got I to do it for I, I got to do it for me and do it for the like, no. Now, again, we're, this is supposed to tell us like the thing that happened leading up to us all finding out or discovering, you know, who Kurt Warner is. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Man. It just seems so cheesy. Like, it's just like, it's- can we make one sports movie like the sports underdog movie where the person isn't a total dweeb? Was Warner involved in this movie? Personally, do you know? I doubt it. See, that's what that's what bothers me is because this is like the inspirational story thing. And for me, I want to know exactly what happened, what behind behind the scenes stuff was. And like in this trailer, you've got Dennis Quaid as Dick Vermeil basically saying, Why should I trust you? Or why should I, you know, why should you be the guy and all this other stuff? But it's it's a movie style thing and you don't know for sure what's actually what was actually said versus what they put in the movie and and now if if kurt warner is actually involved in this then you feel a little more like okay well that definitely really happened yeah i don't think dick Vermeil spoke to him like that why should i believe in you because he's the only fucking option you have that's why dick (laughs) (laughs) that's why (laughs) i just don't think he talked like that's the thing that they hollywood yeah no you're yeah your question did they hollywood it up I'm sure they did. They had to have. He didn't talk to him. Like, what coach? Come on, dude. It's the NFL. Like, if you're at the, if you're at the level of the NFL, you're not having to explain to your coach why you're worthy to be the quarterback, dude. It's it's like, well, they're gonna look at analytics. They're gonna look at the numbers, and they go, who's who's our best option? Oh wait, we don't have one. It's Kurt Warner. Sure. Here's the. I don't know. It's so weird. What happened? Did did Mark Bolger go somewhere else after St. Louis, or did he finish? Baltimore. Oh, he did. I want to say, I'm pretty sure. Let me look that up. That's a good question. Because after he good left, old, after after the Rams, I don't remember his name anymore. Good old fumble hands, huh? <laughs> Where did fumble? Or that's Tony Banks. Mark Bolger was good old. I'm scared. Uh, yeah, it was Baltimore. I was right. Okay. Yep. Let me make sure. He was wearing a Baltimore uniform. Um, yep. One year in Baltimore and did not play. Cool. Yep. 2009, he started nine, eight games for the Rams. Completed 140 passes at a 56 passer rating. Five touchdowns, six interceptions. Yikes. And he really did have a good year in 2006. Are you being... Threw for 4,000 yards, 4,300 yards. Damn. Well, with that offense, you you should. Yeah. He looked good when he took over. 5,000 yards. Eh. I always just... I never really... There was always just something about him. I was like, you kind of just... You look, I don't... Soft isn't the right word, but I don't know. He got so he that game, I think they were playing Detroit, and he got drilled. I mean, just fucking annihilated. I think he had a concussion. Ever after that game, he was always afraid to take hits. When he was in the pocket and he felt pressure, he would get rid of the ball quickly. He would make bad decisions. It was 
that seemed like that hit ruined him. And people who watch the Rams know what I'm talking about. Most people like no idea what you're talking about. So there's a character in this Kurt Warner movie. I saw this before I looked up Mark Bolger that plays Ray Lewis. What integral part of the Kurt right. Warner story does Ray Lewis play? That's interesting. I don't know. I, who? That is weird. I don't, I'm curious about that. Maybe it's just a, such a small role. Maybe he was like right. an announcer or like a, uh, an analyst or like color guy at some point. Unless there's some, unless career. there's something behind the scenes that some kind of relationship between Kurt Warner and Ray Lewis that we don't know about. Did Kurt Warner stab somebody? Oh my god! Edit that out. No, keep you it said that, not me. You'll be all right. <laughs> Jesus is looking out for him. He'll be fine. Anyway uh yeah i'm sure i'll see that eventually am i excited to see it no it just it, i didn't even know that was being made it's a cool story um speaking of cool stories you're not gonna know probably not gonna know what i'm talking about so last night there was a title fight in boxing uh jamel herring fought shakur stevenson um herring was the champ he's defended the belt four times stevenson's young up-and-comer He's the guy I told you about that I watched in the Olympics. He won a silver medal. Okay. So anyway, Jamel Herring has a really cool story. Was a Marine, you know, uh, served overseas, you know, served in Iraq and Afghanistan, I want to say. I might be getting this wrong. Well, I just look him up since I'm already in Google so I don't screw this up and tell the proper story. So anyway, <laughs> he has a really cool story. He got into boxing late because of the time he served in the military. Um, you know, he's 35 now, became champion at an older age. But he's gone through a shit ton of adversity in his personal life. Uh, Marines, yeah. Um, and then his daughter died in 2009 from SIDS. So he's gone through all that shit, dude. Like being in the service, had a daughter die at a young age like that um, to becoming a champion. So again, cool story. Look it up for anyone. You look it up. Anyone listening, look him up. He's a really cool guy. Lost his title last night, unfortunately. But he had... In my opinion, and I think a lot of people in boxing's opinion, I don't think he had anything left to prove. You know, won the belt, defended it four times after going through all of this adversity in life and going through all this other shit. Um, so on Sports Center today, right before their Sunday Fun Day segment, they show a few quick highlights of that fight. And they say, and both of the people, and I don't know their names, on Sports Center say, yeah, yeah, I don't think Jamel Herring's having a fun Sunday. Fuck you. <laughs> seriously fuck you espn why can't you just say ah despite the fact that he has this really cool story jamel herring couldn't defend his belt last night we have a new champion something like that but you have to write in not having a fun sunday it's just so gross i just i don't like that when they talk about any athlete but especially fighters for some reason it just bugs me like if it's a guy who misses the last second shot of a guy who strikes out okay Maybe they're not having a fun Sunday. Do you need to say it still? No. But a fighter, like, come on, man. Like, I just got beat up for 10 fucking rounds. You know, he was champion. It's very unlikely he's ever going to be champion again because of his age. And you got to fucking mock him. It's just, and maybe I'm overthinking this. What do you think about that? I think it's shitty. Well, it's just their way of wordplay. That's all, that's all it really is. And you may be overthinking it a little bit, 
but I understand why no, it I, why I, it irks you so much. It was rhetorical, me asking you that. I know I'm not overthinking it. I should have a beef with this. It's bullshit. <laughs> was the, I remember I showed you a video. I sent you a video of them, a boxer getting knocked out, and the, the girl, who again, I don't know her name, whatever the girl on the desk is, she was like, nighty-night, don't oh, let yeah. the bed bugs bite. I'm like, hey, asshole, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. You don't mock fighters. I'm sorry. It just bugs me. It bugs me. But this, that's the... It's the world we live in with sports media. You know, when you, all too often, I feel, when you first started talk, when you first started explaining this whole thing and you got into boxing, I, for some reason, thought you were going to tell me that they talked about this. I know. But I, for some reason, I thought you were going to tell me that they started talking about this fight, but it was overshadowed by the announcement that Mike Tyson and Logan Paul are going to fight each other. I would have fucking thrown something in my <laughs> I would I would have, I, I would need a new TV. <laughs> I'm not even joking <laughs> if that would have happened. Here's the thing, man. <clears throat> I'm not going to watch that. But what I want to know is who does want to watch it? I know that's the, the narrative right now about the Paul brothers is like, well, people want to watch them. Who? All right. So who wanted to watch Floyd fight Logan Paul? Who really watches that? You know who watches that? It's the same people that watch car crashes. It's the same people that watch fights on the street. They go on World Star or they go on YouTube and they look up somebody getting knocked out. Those are the people that watch that. Which is why I think it's gross and I'm never going to watch. Yeah. Smart on this kid's part because he pulled, you know, Mike Tyson's still a draw, obviously. Floyd Mayweather was still a draw. So he's getting, but I, I do. If. God, can we? All right, so we got to end it. I'll let you say your piece on this because I'm sure you have something to say about it. If Mike Tyson knocks out Logan Paul, we finally put an end to all of this bullshit. Do we? But is there going to be that gentleman's general gentleman's agreement that he doesn't get knocked out? Why would this be the end? If if he were if he, he just would got if, knocked the fuck out by a guy in his fifties, but you have no business in boxing. Get okay, the fuck but out of here. So with with that same in that same token, if he would have gotten knocked out by Floyd Mayweather, would it have ended there? Yes. Yes. You think? Yes. Yes. Hmm. And to be honest with you, I think Floyd could have knocked him out. Hmm. But he didn't. Put on a show for everybody. Let it go. Give him their money he's worth. Because by God, they're getting ripped off. Yeah. So I'm sure if Logan Paul's got a fight, then Jake Paul's got to have a fight coming up sometime before long too, right? The word is Tommy Fury. So Tyron Woodley got that stupid tattoo for nothing. I did see that. Wonder what he, I wonder what he. I wonder what he does. Like what? What happens now? To what? Like does he come back to UFC? To Tyron. Yeah. Does Tyron come back to the UFC? No. no. Retire. It's over. You think? I say this out of love. I said this on the one episode you asked the same question. Okay. No, it's over. No. I'm not. I'm not asking. I'm not asking your opinion on what you think he should do. I'm asking what does he do? <laughs> There's two different things right there. If I had a crystal ball, I would tell you, but I don't know. I'm telling you what I think he should do. What if he comes back and fights in never, Bellator? I haven't heard anyone else giving their opinion on this. So. What if he comes back and fights in like Bellator? Any, like, he probably could. Why not? 
Probably could. Make some money, bro, uh, before you... Did you see Corey Anderson? Uh... Huh? I said make some money and get out. Well, I'm glad you said that. So did you see Corey Anderson knocked out Ryan Bader in like a minute? That was a uh, while back, wasn't it? Or was that recent? Last week. Okay, I thought it was longer. Yeah. No? Okay. Um. So knocked him out, and then after the fight, said that in his two fights in or in two fights in Bellator, he made more than he did his entire UFC career. I mean, how many? The question fi- is, is how? Where? Where's all the money coming from? I mean, sponsorships is a big portion of. Yeah, but I don't think he was talking about that. I, I just think he meant just what he made off the fight. His, his purse from the fight. That would surprise me if that was it. A lot of guys have said that, man. I mean, unless unless of- Bellator's just got the investors, man, to invest into their fighters. Well, and, anytime and- someone brings it up to Dana, he you know, completely shuts it down. And he's had not so flattering things to say about uh scott coker the president of bellator but uh i don't know so good for Corey anderson he's gonna fight for the title now well i mean uh, of course dana white's not gonna have great things to say they're a rival company and you and you know how dana white is though yeah i don't know i i think there it's a big problem when you have a lot of guys leaving your organization to go to the other organization and then for them to come out and say they're making more money uh, because fighter pay seems to be on the top of everyone's mind. Like Francis Ngannou already said he's going to go transition into boxing so he can make more money. Hmm. My thing is like, what are you waiting for then? Just do it. Right. If money's your biggest concern, then just do it. Save a few years of a few fighting years and just go do it now. I don't know. Um, do you think... You think if this becomes a trend where a lot of you, a lot more UFC fighters end up leaving UFC to go to like Bellator, do you think that UFC starts offering longer contracts for guys to hold on to them longer? No, I think the contracts are standard as far as how many fights are on the contract. Um, but I don't think, I think it already is a trend, to be honest with you. Um, wouldn't you say? I mean, there have been plenty of guys. Go I mean, yeah, it. there's been a lot of guys. That not not even just Bellator, but uh, what one? Isn't that what it's called? And yeah, well, I, it's more Bellator than anyone else. I think more guys are going to Bellator more na- with the name recognition. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Michael Chandler was a company guy. Like he had the opportunity. Everybody was saying, "Go to the UFC," and he signed another contract with Bellator, and he stayed. Um. So I said he got into the UFC probably five years later than he should have. But he should have gone when Eddie Alvarez went, and then they would have made the fucking lightweight division even more interesting at that time. I would like to um, I would like to hear Michael Chandler talk about money, like what he he's making yeah. now compared to what he was making with Bellator. Yeah, he hasn't. <clears throat> I don't know. That's uh... Which, I mean, there, there's a big difference, right, between – leaving UFC and going to Bellator and saying I'm making so much money over here versus coming from Bellator and going to UFC, then you just kind of keep your mouth shut because you don't want Dana White on your ass for saying what what you're making versus what you were making before. Yeah, it's probably not the best idea, but who, who knows? Uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, guys seem to think they're making more money there. So, uh, you know, 
Corey Anderson was in the UFC long enough and knows well enough what the pay is like. So for him to say that, there has to be some little bit of truth. I don't think he would just come out and say that just to say it and stir shit up. Right. Maybe, maybe, but he, he did always, he was one of those guys that kind of felt disrespected in the UFC by the media, by the UFC, but. Well, like, wasn't, um, like the, 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 the talk for the last year or two has been about like a union for the UFC, right? Cause there's no union or anything right. to kind of protect the fighters. And wasn't it Mark Hunt that was the voice behind it for the most part? I believe he was one of them. But it didn't seem like there was many other people talking about it, like trying to do anything like this. So I don't know if people are scared or if they don't, if they're not worried about it. I think a lot of it goes into, I mean, I'd be, I'd be curious to see if that ever does happen, you know, how many of the bigger names do it. But I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are just grateful for where they're at and they don't want to fucking jeopardize that. Yeah. You know, by pissing the company off. A lot of people are company people. Um, you know, for instance, have you ever heard Daniel Cormier say anything about pay? Right. Anything about money? Anything about anything negative regarding the UFC? And he's been pulled into some, into some shit storms because of his fights with John Jones. He's never complained once. He's a company guy. And I don't think it's insulting to call him that, right? I company mean, treated him pretty well. Yeah, I mean, you've you got know? you got plenty of company guys. Cowboy, he was he's a company guy. Like he's you're never going to see him fight anywhere else. I know he's at the end of his career, but still, you're never going to see yeah. him fight anywhere else. But what about John? And he's jo- never really said anything negative. But what about John Jones? You're talking about an undefeated, technically an undefeated fighter. He's talked about, you know, not getting paid what he thinks he's worth. I think it's been established that he's kind of a shithead, though. Well, Fair. he he is. I, I get that. And as a shithead, I wouldn't put it past him to talk about how much he gets paid. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I'm not. I mean, does it? I'm not taking a side necessarily, but I. I well, no, I am. I'm taking the <laughs> UFC side because he's a shithead. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm done. I don't know if we've talked about this, but I can't anymore. It's. I'm done. Done. I have no desire to see him fight. I don't care. He just seems like he. He seems like a troubled dude that. Forget about fighting. He needs help in life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should care if he fights or not. I think it's just go get It's help. just weird, man. Like the mindset that he's got to have that is so different from like your normal average person. Like he just, I don't know if he just feels like he can do no wrong no matter what he does. But it's just like, man, how much shit you've been in and you still make these decisions. I don't, I don't get it. Like you, you, you just got to have a such a different mindset. Yeah, but I also think a lot of it is addiction, and it's all the brain, of course. Yeah, but I also think he has a ton of addictions that he hasn't come to terms with yet, and I don't think he has really admitted. You know, after that domestic thing, domestic violence thing a few weeks ago, he put out a post and was like, "Yeah, I, I can't drink anymore because I won't let it control me. It never has control." I'm paraphrasing, uh, but everybody was like bro you're what are you talking about like it, seriously it, it is a problem for you clearly right. it's clearly a problem you know didn't uh, didn't one of the coaches tell him that they weren't going to train with him anymore yeah uh was that from jackson i believe so yeah yeah um so Guys like that come out and talk about money. It's, it shouldn't be that surprising. 
So do you have any interest in this Michael Chandler and Justin Gagey fight? Of course. I think it's bad. I think it's, I think it's a problem for Michael Chandler. Really? But, but I also think he's good enough to beat Justin Gagey. I just think if, if he gets tagged, forget about it. You know. I think this is another one of those for Justin Gagey where we I question, do we actually see the wrestling that we've heard about or not? No. No? <laughs> We're never going to see that. <laughs> it's not even a real thing at this point, I don't think. He's it's just going to go in guns blazing. That's his, that's his MO, right? Yeah. I mean, if he fights like he did against Khabib, he's in a world of shit. Yeah. So let's hope we don't see that. Um. So, yeah, no, I'm interested in that. Uh, I'm more interested in Ozark season four. Did you see that that's getting, what is it, January? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Man, I can't wait. Yeah. How much will I hate Wendy Bird this season? It's a good question. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Um, if there's even a Netflix by then, though. Netflix could get shut down. Uh, we can see that. I don't know, man. No. No, I don't think it's gonna get shut down. But I see where I see where you're com- I see where you're coming from. Nah, nah, they'll, they'll, they'll live through where it. Where am I coming from? They'll live through it. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna live through this. You know, I, I so it was kind of interesting. You know, with the whole Dave Chappelle thing, you know, we've talked about it already, so we don't have to beat it into the ground. But I mean, I guess this walkout's still gonna happen. These people are still planning on it. But they have like a list of demands that was in this article that you sent to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I, you know, so, so some of them is like, okay, I see where you're coming from, but I also don't, but then some of them, I'm like, well, what do you, what exactly do you think they, they're not doing already that you want? So I don't know. Well, uh, one of the, I mean, one of, one of those demands that caught my eye was that they want to have, um, What's the word? Like they want you to let people know ahead of time what yeah, the show right here. Go ahead. Read add it. Add a disclaimer before transphobic titles that specifically flag transphobic language, misogyny, homophobia, hate speech as required. So, so what you're telling me is that like when I click on, and I used this example last week on the episode, but I'm going to use it again. If I'm clicking on shameless, when it shows up top that there's cussing and nudity and this, that, and the other, it's also supposed to show hate speech and transphobia and homophobia and stuff like that up in the description? That's what they're saying, yes. Hmm. Do you agree with this? No. I don't, I don't think it should matter. I don't agree with people being transphobic or homophobic, but... I feel the lines are incredibly blurred when it comes to that. Also, I don't think anything that Dave Chappelle said in that special was hate speech. In fact, it was the furthest thing from hate speech. Again, if anything, what he's doing is educating people to things that are happening around him. Yeah. Things that are happening around all of us. Uh, For those that are too ignorant to understand it or see it, or for those that might even be turning a blind eye to it, it is happening. So... He's telling stories. He's talking about it. Um, and just because he's talking about it does not mean it should be offensive or it does not mean. But again, 
when a person says they're offended, they're offended now. There's no real analytics to it. It just goes, well, we, they're, they're offending. So we have to deem that content to be offensive. Well, that doesn't really make much sense now, does it? But um, a friend of mine yesterday, actually, I was talking to a buddy of mine. He went to, I haven't seen him since I went to Colorado a few months ago. So we were catching up and uh, he actually invited me to go see Bill Burr when Bill Burr was in town. Uh, this was a couple of weeks ago at this point. Um, and I couldn't go for, I had something else going on, but I asked him, you know, like, how was Bill Burr? And uh, he's kind of telling me and he was like, yeah, it was good. He, you know, he went on a, a, a mask rant for a while because, you know, at the show you had to wear a mask in the show. It wasn't just show you're vaccinated. It was, you have to have a mask on too. So he asked people, you know, how do you like this whole mask thing? And a lot of people booed and he was like, well, for you people booing, I'm about to go spend about five minutes talking about how you're all dumb fucks or something like that. Um, and then my buddy was just talking about, yeah, he went on this cancel culture rant for a good 10 minutes. And he's like, that part I didn't really dig. And, and, and he kind of explained like, none of these guys are being canceled and they shouldn't really be concerned with cancel culture because they're not. And it made me think I saw probably that morning um a tweet or something bobcat goldthwaite i guess recently in an, did an interview somewhere and they asked him about cancel culture and he goes it's really hard for me to understand or really comprehend how millionaires are being canceled he goes someone's saying something bad about them they're still going to go back to their million dollar jobs and make their millions of dollars he's like none of these people are really being canceled it's just being treated this way Mm-hmm. And it just made me think, I'm like, yeah, Dave Chappelle's not going to get canceled. Right. Bill Burr's not going to get canceled. Louis C.K. wasn't canceled. He's still working. Now, a large portion or a larger portion of the population thinks he's a creep, but he's still working. He didn't get canceled. Right. Um, you know, and I actually saw a clip. I don't remember who the comedian was, but he was playing. It was just a, a clip I saw, and I think it might have gone viral. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I just, these clips come into my feed wherever because I watch so much stand-up comedy, but I wish I could remember who it was uh, so I could give them credit for the joke, but it's not like it matters. But he was playing like a small place and um, he was talking about cancel culture and and he said, guys, he's like, and again, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the exact way he said it, but he's like, here's how you know cancel culture isn't real. And here's how you know Dave Chappelle will not be canceled. I go, the only way you're going to know Dave Chappelle is canceled if he's playing this place. And he pointed down at the ground, like meaning like if he's in my position, then perhaps we've canceled him a little bit, which is a fine, that's a good joke, whatever, like kind of like a throwaway joke. But at the same mm-hmm. time, no, he's still working. He's not canceled. Um, and then my buddy brought up a guy who like really, who's really only been inflicted by cancel culture, like truly, but it was, it was self-inflicted was Michael Richards when he started blasting in bombs all over that comedy show he was doing. What about, uh, what about Bill Cosby? I don't know. Has he been canceled for real? Well, apparently he was supposed to, he was trying to start touring again. But here's the thing. He's a criminal. He went to jail. We're not talking about something he said. Okay. We're talking about criminal activity. It's a little bit different than Dave Chappelle telling a story about his trans friend. Yeah. You know, a little bit different. Actually, it's a lot of bit different, but. But do you think, you think Richards is 
completely canceled? Do you think you think it's died down enough now to where he could probably get back out on the road if he wanted to? No, I doubt it. I doubt don't it. Again, so? it was self-inflicted. He did it to himself. He, but he's, I guess in interviews, he stated like, I don't want to be in the spotlight anymore. I don't want like, so I think he's just sort of walked away. So in a way people wanted to cancel him. And I think he canceled himself. I think he just said, fine, I'm done. Um, but he's really the only one, you know, that got me thinking like, yeah, none of these guys have actually been canceled, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Shane Gillis lost his job at Saturday night live. That sucks. And I'm sure that's wouldn't have, I wouldn't have wanted to go through that. I don't, you know, um, to have gone through that, but he's still working. He just put out a special on YouTube. He's been on all the podcasts talking about it. Mm-hmm. And clearly he can pull people into a club because this, the specially shot there was, this place was packed. So, I mean, were you canceled for a minute? Maybe, but you're fine now you've recovered. So it's like, and I think what Bobcat Goldquay was saying is like, I don't think cancel culture is even really a thing. It's just a, it's not a, it's not a real thing. It's just a trendy thing to, to sort of live by right now, but eventually he thinks it'll go away. Eventually. I think it's going to take a long time, but. I feel like I hear Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwaite's name like once a year. Like I don't hear, I don't hear anything about him, but like once a year, I hear somebody say his name about something that he said. And then again, I don't hear from him again for a year. <laughs> That's probably because he lives in the wood like you and he thinks Bigfoot is real. So, okay. That's probably cool. why you don't hear from him. <laughs> Are you a Bigfoot believer? Eh, no, not really. Okay. You think the earth is flat? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's the one thing when we were talking about the NBA top 75 with Kyrie not being on there. I really feel like his biggest pain point is when he went on a podcast and said he thinks the earth is flat and everything's just been downhill from there. It's just been like one thing after another. Like if you look at the timeline, like if you just think about it, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't know. Just saying. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. So you think Netflix will be fine? Yeah, they'll be fine. And all of these demands, what, what do you think Netflix is really going to meet these demands just because people walk out again? So it's not just going to be trans people. It's just going to be anybody who's all, who's a part of their call or who believes in their, this, this whole thing. But like, I don't think you're going to shut down Netflix. One of their demands was hire trans and non-binary content executives, especially BIPOC. What does that mean? That I'm not sure. Do you know? Uh-uh. In leading positions, what is BIPOC? I, mean, I can't, I can't keep up with all of these acronyms, dude. I'm gonna look that up. What does that mean? BPIOC. If you had to guess, take a guess. I don't, it's an I don't... acronym which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Oh, okay. Okay. So really, this isn't just a trans thing. This is just a people thing. Apparently. Because that's and just, that's using, talking about race, not. Again, dude, like, well, that's what I'm saying, man. The whole thing, it's just, fine, dude, smoke and mirrors, dude. That's all it is. It's smoke and fucking mirrors. And good. I, I Everyone should have equal rights. I think, I don't think that needs to be said, but I uh, just, you're, yeah. <sighs> Acknowledge the harm and Netflix. Netflix's responsibility for this harm from transphobic content and in particular harm to the black trans community. How do you acknowledge it? 
And that's my thing, too, that, that threw me off is that they're not even trying to get the Chappelle special taken down. They're just like, we just want to let people know what Chappelle's talking about in it before you actually watch it. I thought they wanted it pulled. I don't think so. I think the the beginning of that, like the headline of that article is that they're not trying to get it taken down. They just want Netflix to acknowledge and let people know what's being said in the special. Am I right there? Isn't that what the headline says? No. No, I'm not right? It's still notably removing Chappelle's special is, is not one of the demands. Huh. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, crazy. so no, it's not one of their demands. They don't even want to pull the special. Right. So more restrictions. Mm-hmm. And more, uh, was there anything homophobic? Or transphobic in that special to you? Legitimately. I don't... This is going to look like I'm just trying to bypass the question, but I don't think I'm in a position to answer that question. Oh. Okay. Well, I think that's crazy. together and we share a commonality of language and living in this world together so i mean i think you should be able to perhaps give your opinion but if you don't want to i'll respect that i won't force you to (laughs) it's a very strange time we're living in dude it is and i don't think it's going to get any better anytime soon yeah you keep saying that but is it really but it's not it's not impacting our lives we're just talking about it on this podcast. I'll say it's impacting us enough to want to talk about it. We, it's content, but it's not. Nothing in my life changes <laughs> if Dave Chappelle's special gets taken down, or nothing in my life changes if a bunch of employees walk out on Netflix. That's true. In fact, nothing in my life changes if Netflix goes away forever. I'm still going to live, I'll be just fine. I don't want Netflix to go away forever because I haven't seen Ozark season four yet. That's true. It's so, a very good point. I'm hoping these people just don't fuck that up for me. At least get us through January. Yeah. Before you yeah. go, before you go away. Could they have a little bit of respect and let me fucking hate Wendy Bird just a little bit more for one more season? <laughs> Could these people have some respect for my life? I hope something happens and she just redeems herself with you. And you're like, Wendy Bird is my favorite character on a TV show ever. Never going to happen. What could she do for that to happen? I don't know. <laughs> no, she's evil. She sucks. Um, we're living in such crazy times that there's a beef between MGK and Slipknot. Who would have thunk it? Like five years ago, if I had said, you know who's going to be talking about each other? MGK and Slipknot. Is MGK hurting himself with this? No. Is he helping himself with this? Is this helping his career, having a beef with a metal band? I don't think it's either. I just think it's noise. It's just it's static it, at this point. I, I'm just saying, I think there's other ways of, you know, like with the Eminem thing, I, I know I, I come back to the Eminem thing quite a bit, but that boosted his career. And that, you know, that was a beef that, like I said, boosted his career and got his name out in the media a lot. I feel like this, I feel like people are just looking at this like, eh, whatever. Like this isn't really advancing your career. Why don't you just stop? 
Yeah, I think it's, it's silly to most people. And I think in rock music, it's always been that way. Beefs and hip hop are kind of a common thing. They're a part of the culture of hip hop. Right. So you kind of, you embrace them differently than you do this. You know, if you think of like some of the rock bands that have beefed with each other, like Limp Bizkit and Creed and, and fucking, I know like there was one, it was, it was ah, disturbed in somebody else, disturbed in like, brand new or like one of these emo- I really anyway it was disturbed and so- hold on hold on i have to know this which that's kind of funny too uh, like if you think about it uh like you would if you if you come at it from like the music they put out you would think that like disturbed is like a bad like they're badasses but isn't that guy like five foot tall like any really short probably Probably. I can't think what his name is. Is it you know, David something? David you don't know something? About rock singers. Most rock singers are short. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Uh Oasis versus Blur. <laughs> that's that's a good one. This list is great if it would fucking load. I got the fucking your internet now. Uh oh. Tommy Lee versus Kid Rock, Limp Bizkit versus Creed, the Killers versus the Bravery. Steve Albini versus Odd Future. My son's on Steve Albini's side, apparently. I hear that. Um, Tommy Lee came out. This is a good list. Radiohead versus Miley Cyrus and Kanye West. At the 2009 Grammy Awards, an unlikely feud began backstage between Radiohead, Miley Cyrus, and Kanye. Cyrus and West both claimed to be big fans of the English band and requested to meet them. Radiohead, particularly singer Tom York, said no. To anyone who has seen the 1998 Radiohead documentary, meeting people is easy. This shouldn't come as a surprise. But Cyrus and West were both angry and being rebuffed. at being rebuffed. Cyrus threatened to ruin them, and West refused to stand during the band's performance at the show. What a bunch of fucking petty. Ugh. I have a good question to ask to Please wind do. this show down. This is a question that does not affect your life, but I need to know your I need to know your opinion. What is your opinion on Kanye West changing his name to Yee? I don't care. Did you know that did you know this happened? I did. He was at the fight the fights last night, the boxing. Was he wearing the mask? No, but they introduced him as Yee. Why? Again, we're talking about another mentally ill person that should just take a break from music and get help. He's mentally ill. No, I don't care. I'm never going to care about Kanye. I don't like his music. I don't like him. I don't like him as a person. I don't like his attitude. I don't like anything he does. Back to beefs. Um, <laughs> pavement versus Smashing Pumpkins. Do you care that he changed his name? No. Okay. It kind of annoys me, but no. It, it, and that's the thing. If it annoys you, you kind of take a step back and go, why do I care? It's not that I care. It just annoys me. Because he's annoying. Okay, yeah. And he knows he's annoying. Yeah. That's the thing. He's a fucking Henri brat. That's what he is. And he always has been that way. Back when he was fucking wearing striped polos and khaki shorts, he was an Henri brat. He's yeah. always been this way. I don't know why anyone like... Uh, here's a good one. New Radicals versus Beck Hansen, Courtney Love, and Marilyn Manson. Do you know about that one? No. Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson, you're all fakes, run to your mansions, come around, we'll kick your asses. 
You don't know that song? I know the song. Remember those lyrics? I do uh, what's now. What's an easy way to become a one-hit wonder? Write a catchy song and throw in a short rap calling out some popular rock stars. The New Radicals 1998 single, You Get What You Give, included these lyrics from singer Greg Alexander. Fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson. Let's see if I got it right. I think I did. Fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson. Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. You're all fakes. Run to your mansions. I got it. Come around. We'll kick your asses. The song was a smash hit. Predictably, Courtney Love issued an angry, incoherent response while Marilyn Manson expressed his annoyance at being mentioned in connection with Love. Alexander later apologized, Pussy, up to Beck and collaborated with Hanson. Oh, wow. I didn't know he did a song with Hanson. Well, good for him. I take back my Pussy comment. Um, <laughs> we're getting good here. Elton John versus Madonna. <sighs> okay. I don't care about that one as much. Metallica Napster. Everyone knows that one. Pearl Jam Ticketmaster. Everyone knows that one. Nirvana and Pearl Jam. When Pearl Jam emerged in 1991, the grunge phenomenon, it was hailed as part of a has this for years, scenes biggest star Kurt Cobain did not approve. Never mind that some of Pearl Jam's members came from credible bands, Green River and Mother Love Bone. In an interview with Flipside Magazine, Cobain called Pearl Jam false alternative metal macho, macho metal, and complained that MTV lumped the band and Nirvana together. Okay, that's just Kurt being Kurt there. Um, Anthony Kiedis versus Mike Patton. Really? Didn't know about this one. When a Red Hot Chili Peppers frontman, Anthony Kiedis, saw the video for Faith No More's 1990 hit Epic, he felt like he was being mocked and ripped off by singer Mike Patton. He later said it was like I was looking in the mirror. The two bands threatened each other in the press, but the feud soon fizzled. In 1999, it was resurrected when related band Mr. Bungle appeared at a Halloween show as the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mocking them performing songs in costumes. Kiedis was not amused and had Mr. Bungle removed from the Big Day Out Festival in Australia and New Zealand, threatening not to perform with the Red Hot Chili Peppers if Mr. Bungle was on the bill. Wow. I didn't, I've never heard that. Hmm. You heard of that one? Mm -mm. Chris Robinson, Aerosmith versus Steven Tyler, <coughs> the Eagles versus everyone. Oh, each other. Sorry. A lot of old school ones here. <coughs> God, sorry. Keith Richards versus Chuck Berry. What's this one about? Keith Richards openly openly admits to ripping off Chuck Berry when he inducted him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. Richard jokes, it's hard for me to induct Chuck Berry because I lifted every lick he ever played. So when the two got together that year to rehearse a band for a concert celebrating Berry's 60th birthday, captured in the film Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll, it was time for Berry to get even. He deliberately played too loud and ignored Richards' request to turn down berated Richards and made him play parts of his songs again and again until he was satisfied he played them exactly right in 1997 Richards told Guitar World magazine well Chuck's difficult and he's had had time to handle these wow hmm. rock stars aren't petty at all huh of course not a lot of these like seriously 10 of these have been about the Beatles and I just haven't bothered to read them because eh, I don't care I'm not a, um, eh. yeah. Yeah. who cares who really cares and Courtney Love is involved in a few of them. Yeah, I think she's just like a shithead all, all around, right? Girl. She is a shithead. She sucks. Billy Corgan versus Courtney Love. Yeah. Anyway, she had a beef with Trent Reznor as well. I think she just said he had a little dick. Hmm. I think that was it. I guess that'll, that's one way to get a beef started, sure. Anyway, rock and roll beefs. How do we get here? Oh, MGK and Slipknot. 
uh, yeah, it'll just go away. They're just treated differently. Like the people just kind of forget about him. But dude, there have been videos like he's played a few festivals and he's been he's been an overwhelming amount of booze and like people. I heard that. Shit at him. Yeah, they were throwing yeah More throwing stuff at him the last be, one. Probably. Huh? Said so, yeah, they were throwing stuff at him on this last one. So you, you is that just you think that's just MGK haters in general, or do you think that's Slipknot lovers that are taking up for Slipknot? I think those are sli- a lot of those are Slipknot lovers, and then I think there's a lot of drunk dick riders who just kind of follow along <sighs> and drunk at a festival. You know, that makes sense. Um, but Slipknot is notoriously known for having annoying fans, so. Probably not the best thing to fuck with if you don't want people throwing shit at you at live shows, <laughs> especially big con- festivals. But what can you do? What can you? Do? I he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. He's 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 odd. He's just odd to me now. Like, just the way. Again, this is someone who's kind of followed the trajectory, and it's just the way he dresses now. Like, like smoke cigarettes on stage. Like he's really embracing the like rock star side of what's happening to him right now which is good for him you know more people probably should and then maybe we'll have the same type of a success or perhaps they would but it makes me think like have you always been a smoker because i've never seen like pictures or videos of him smoking cigarettes it's like did you it's just weird it's odd to me but what can you do it's an odd time to start smoking like he's in his 30s now like i don't know you pick up smoking when you're 30 like that's weird anyway i don't know i'm just talking shit at this point yeah i i don't i don't know i mean i i i guess i'm a fan of his music a little bit it's not something i'm gonna listen to every day some of it and some like the new the newest the pop punk thing i'm like yeah whatever but i think but but i think he's also you know you not only did he have this trajectory like uh, his career just boosted over the past like two years but he's with megan fox who a lot of people think is the hottest woman on earth and I think he just... He's also weird. And he's also weird. So I, I, I just... Don't, maybe he doesn't know what to do with himself and he's just doing whatever happens. Whatever happens, happens. Are weirdos, man. And he w- probably woke up one day and was like, man, you know what? I don't, I don't like Slipknot that much. Let's, uh, let's start a beef with Slipknot. Well, I think he said it at a festival that Slipknot was playing, that he and Slipknot were going to play, if I recall. Because like people weren't watching him, and he said something about the masks, and it doesn't matter. But it's as petty as all these other ones I've talked about. But yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it helps him, but I don't think it hurts him. He'll be fine. Yeah. But again, most successful artists are weird. The cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, man, just comes with the territory. We all have our issues. Even you, you're a content creator. Something like that. If that's what you want to call it. yourself down in the woods chasing Bigfoot. Clearly, mm-hmm. you're a little bit off. We all are. On a, on, out here on a flat earth. I get it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> are you ever going to travel to the edge of the earth? Are you going to spend your money and go find it? Yeah, I'm going to hook up my camper and take off. Yeah, for sure. You should. I'll go. I'd love to see the edge of the earth. What do you do when you get to the edge? Do you panic and just jump? Or do you just turn back around and go home? Well, we've seen it. Now we know where we can't go. I don't know. Good question. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know.